Welcome to Listening Well, your weekly wellness podcast inspiring you to live life to the fullest. And I thank you so much for joining me as we all navigate through the chaos of life with a little more ease, a little more freedom. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I hope that you're having a great start to the year filled with all the blessings and joys, and I hope that you've set some good intentions for this year to come. This week, I thought I'd share with you a little bit on my journey to Colombia, in which I've just returned back from, where I spent two weeks over the new year on retreat in a small rural jungle town near the city of Pereira. Now, not many people know about Pereira. They know of the Medellins and the Calis. But this rural town is situated in between those two cities and is situated along the Andes. So it's very mountainous, uh, very jungly. But I'm here on a spiritual retreat and I just couldn't not share with you my learnings from the experience that I had on this amazing land. My teachers, and I guess you could call them my spiritual mentors, they bought some land here some time ago and have spent the last few years building a retreat space here. I feel so fortunate and blessed that I am the first of its inhabitants since construction, so it was a very new experience for everyone. But when I landed in Colombia, there was this air of awe, like it was just so surreal that I was on this side of the world. It took about 40 hours to get here from Singapore. And the moment I stepped out of the airport and breathed in a gulp of the air, I just knew that I was in somewhere so completely different than what I'm used to. You know, I've traveled a lot in my life and I visited many parts of the world but I've never made it to South America. Well, thinking back now, I think the furthest south I've gone on that side of the world has been to Panama and to Costa Rica. I was studying Spanish in Costa Rica and partying in Panama. So yeah, the experience was a little different, but I could immediately feel that the energy here was just one that I have never experienced before. This retreat center literally is situated in the jungle and I could just feel like I was breathing in the air from the Amazon. This was a cool and rainy season, but it was still quite dry. So, you know, my skin and my hair, are, I was really enjoying the break from the humid climate of Singapore. I brought in the new year without a plan. It felt quite refreshing also odd at the same time to not have a party to go to or a specific plan to celebrate the new year. I was also still a bit jet lagged and so I was called to my bed at a good 11 p.m. and fell asleep to the sounds of fiesta and fireworks that reverberated throughout the valley. So as I just mentioned, I am here on a spiritual retreat both on a journey inwardly with certain plant medicines, but also to immerse myself in this special environment, the environment of the Andes. 
And one thing I can say, and one thing that I've learned and felt almost immediately, is that their connection to nature, to spirit, to the elements, and to everything really is unmatched to any other place I've been to. Coming home to nature is something that I've spoken about in this podcast before, but to experience again firsthand not only the mental and physical benefits of coming back to nature, but also the immense emotional healing that I have endured over these past few days of being here, it was really, really, really powerful. Mentally, I feel like there is more space when you are submerged in the orderly chaos of nature. When I'm in my own head and thoughts tend to overshadow my experience, feelings of smallness start to come over me. You know, I feel like the familiar stories of worry and fear, when they begin to percolate, they make me feel small. But in these moments, I look out to the rolling hills around me, and I realize that this is the HD channel of entertainment that I will have. And as I gaze far into the distance, I notice the horizon and the intricacies that nature has to offer. And just by looking out into nature, by softening my gaze and just really taking it all in, watching my breath, I feel a sense of calm wash over me, just like I do when I focus narrowly on a leaf or a flower. I realize that nature's intent is to soothe the soul, except when those vicious mosquitoes bite at your ankles and they leave nasty bite marks. I mean, these guys were relentless. I still have marks on my ankles from these mosquitoes that completely devoured me. But the ultimate goal of life, you know, just by being in nature, I find, is to work and live in harmony with all the trees, all the plants and the species that reside within it. The power of nature reminds us of how we're just a little morsel of sand on a massive beach that is the universe. But also that Despite the insignificance, you also hold the power to change and transform your life to whatever it is that you desire to be. Physically, I can't help but notice the radiance and texture of my skin when I am away from the chaos of a city. Of course, a healthy diet and living a clean lifestyle has helped with the glow. But even as I sit here now, I... Do not take for granted every breath of fresh, crisp air. I think there's something to say about being away from this charged, Wi-Fi-infused city that I'm used to living in. And, you know, don't quote me here, and I'm not trying to be out there, but I can literally feel it affect my auric field when I am in a dense building filled with hundreds of Wi-Fi routers. Despite what I've been told about Wi-Fi not having an effect or impact on my body, I tend to disagree a little bit. 
But of course, this is just my speculation and perspective on it. I am in a space right now where there is no Wi-Fi. I have to go up to the main room to get my Wi-Fi, which is like a good seven-minute walk away. And even then, the internet connection is one that is not the fastest. Let's say, yeah, I was reminded of what it was like to be 2G. I'm so thankful here for the food that is nourishing my body on this land. And I thought that living in Southeast Asia, I was exposed to exotic foods and fruits. But man, I have eaten some amazing fruits that I have never tried before. My favorite fruit was called granadilla. And it kind of looks like an enlarged passion fruit. And even when you open it on the inside, it's more stuck together. It's like coagulated together. It's less juicy than a passion fruit. So you can pick at it with your fingers and put it in your mouth. And it's actually sweet, not sour. They still have the same kind of seeds as a passion fruit. But it tastes more like a passion fruit mixed with melon. It's just so yummy. Breakfast was served in true Colombian fashion, along with some cut fruits and delicious superfood charged oatmeal. We had arepas, which is kind of like a corn tortilla, but it's more firm and hard. So on top of this corn tortilla, there's a nice dollop of ghee that is spread on top. And then you add in the feta cheese and maybe some eggs. And it seemed a little bit bland at first. When I first tried it, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, not super exciting. But as I had it every day, I really got used to it. And I could really feel the impact of the use of corn instead of wheat for the tortilla. Because you feel kind of less like a fatty and uh, it just makes it a little less filling. The foods that were served on this retreat were very... Ayurvedic in nature, very sattvic, balancing. My favorites on the menu were these patagones, which were like a smashed fried plantain pancake. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It was paired with this tomato sauce blend that was just incredibly delicious. Instead of potatoes, yuca is what's commonly eaten in this region, which is cassava, which is also a root plant. It is still quite starchy, but it has more of a creamy texture to it, a little more creamy than the potato. It was even more beautiful to eat the yuca that was sourced directly from the garden. It was mashed with these herbs that were also from the farm. It was just so delicious. And eating a predominantly vegetarian diet, I must say, really cleaned out my system. I won't talk about my bowel movements, but let's just say that they're really, really, really good. The leafy vegetables are also some of the highlights from the garden. They're so rich and tasty. It's amazing how different the mouthfeel and flavor of organic vegetables that were just harvested and then cooked on the spot tastes compared to those that we get at the supermarket, of which 
you know, many of these vegetables were harvested quite early and they were just sitting there. A lot of the nutrient content tends to dissolve. So I just really had a sense of appreciation because living truly farm to table is, I feel, a blessing of the 21st century. I'm so thankful for the chefs. They nourished my body, and as a result of nourishing my body, it also nourished my mind and my heart. I learned that diet is so important in not just your physical health, but also your emotional and mental states as well. So one of my goals this year is to make more Ayurvedic food at home, to eat out less and to order in less, and to eat foods that are less spicy and oily. You know, this pretty much goes against my Chinese ways and my food habits, because I do love my spice. But I realized that eating less spice has an overall positive benefit on my body. Emotionally, I have found that by being in nature, it has made me want to stand strong on my two feet, to almost become less emotional, that I can firm up and be fully embodied and to take on the world with this new sense of resilience. Coming into this retreat, my emotions were kind of all over the place. So one of my intentions being here was to strengthen my inner compass so that I don't get swayed by emotions and I have a little more clarity in where I want to go. So I look to nature. I find refuge in nature and I'm so inspired by her resilience. The ways she grows her roots down into the earth so that the trunk of the tree and the branches can flourish above. I'm always looking to the nature of trees for inspiration when it comes to withstanding the winds and the sort of storms of life that come my way. I also connected so much with this land on this trip through the farming activities we were asked to do. So it was kind of an interesting retreat because usually with yoga and meditation retreats, you have this set schedule in place. You know, you wake up in the morning, you do your morning asana, have breakfast, maybe a little workshop or talk before lunch, free time in the afternoon, and then an evening asana practice, and then maybe something at night. It's very structured. Whereas this was a little more relaxed in the sense that, you know, we did a lot of these activities on our own for ourselves. So one of these activities that we were asked to do daily was to farm. Free labor, y'all, but it was so, so powerful. We used our hands, you know, we didn't have any gloves. We put our hands in the soil to remove weeds, to till the soil, and to even plant new little sproutlings. And as I put my hands in the soil, it just felt so alive, so dense with nutrition. It was obvious that they had been treating the land with probiotics to ultimately reverse the decades-long practice of using pesticides in the soil. So previously, this farm was actually a banana plantation. Using pesticides was all they really knew. So 
part of the farm's initiative was to educate their neighbors of the valley and to essentially restore the land of its healthy, natural conditions. But, wow, I mean, how therapeutic farming can be. Who knew? We spent a few hours a day digging holes into the freshly tilled dirt. Then we added some compost generated from the land itself. We placed a little sprout inside before gently packing the soil back into place. And we did this again and again and again. And it became sort of a meditation. We were asked to ask the land for counsel, for guidance. So if there was a probing question or conflict in our lives, we would think about it and let the land speak back to us. And I know it's kind of weird, right? It seemed a little odd at first, but I was so surprised with the clarity that I found when I asked questions in particular pertaining to career path and to you know, my overall direction in life. It was, um, it's amazing what nature can teach us, like the whispers of its spirit. Coming back to nature and connecting with spirit allows for clarity and flow to be regained back into your life. You know, sometimes I feel like overthinking a healing journey can be one that actually backfires on you. Like, if you approach a journey or retreat with the expectation that you will heal, it can almost get in the way of the process because the headiness of the overthinking keeps you blocked from allowing spirit to enter. We really can't force anything. Sometimes you just have to let go and let it flow, and to be prepared for any surprise that may come, you know, especially when your own innate wisdom comes to the surface. Because spirit will show itself in numerous ways, and when you least expect it at times. Surrendering to the healing process is just as important as it is deciding to embark on it. It's been so amazing being here, getting in touch with the indigenous ways of healing. One of the things I've learned here is just how important and sacred corn is to the indigenous people and has been for over 3,000 years. It was so, another activity that we had to do was to pluck the kernels out of dried corn, which will then later be used for seeds. And there's so many different variations of corn and colors of corn. It was a really fun activity to do with my fellow retreat members as we just let the conversation flow. So I definitely have this newfound respect for corn. It symbolizes sacred wisdom and their relationship with the divine. And it's often used in a lot of ceremonies and healing practices. And of course, you know, it was a source of all food security for the peoples of this land. It was a go-to for their sustenance and nourishment. Yeah, so I connected to corn on this trip in multiple ways. Not only de-husking and de-kerneling some corn, 
but I also tapped into spirit with a little piece of corn husk wrapped around a tiny gem embedded in fresh cotton. So this was one of the spiritual cleaning exercises I was asked to do. We sat in front of the land's largest tree, and I was told to first rub the corn husk all over my body, like it was absorbing my aura, and then this small stone. My teachers then placed the stone inside the corn husk and wrapped My teachers then placed the stone inside the cotton and then wrapped it around in that corn husk to make this little prayer token for me to carry around at all times. So using this corn token, I would stand in nature or by the river or simply overlooking the mountainous regions where I am and to ask a question, any question, about what's happening in my life. Maybe it's something to do with my relationships. Maybe it's a work question. Maybe it's the sense of purpose that I'm working through. Whatever it is, I hold this husk and I meditate on the inquiry. As I do, I notice my thoughts and how they morph and shapeshift. You know, maybe another thought arises, and then I start to question that thought. And it was quite an interesting process because at first it was quite difficult. Like, how do I open myself to receive answers? But as the days went on, I found it so much more easy to tap into that, to create the space and allow spirit to enter. It was um, a really soothing practice. And, you know, I could even use the corn to make a wish of what I hope to manifest. It was a beautiful way to connect with a force bigger than me. I was also using this corn husk to clean out my past, almost like a karmic cleansing. Those that may have been traumatic for me, I was asked to clear out my sexual encounters and even my joyful experiences, like just everything. On one day, for example, the task was to review my life from zero to seven years old, in which faint memories of my days living in Hong Kong trickled into my consciousness, because that's where I was at the time. Then from seven to 15 years old, of which my experiences of living in New Delhi, India, going to boarding school in the UK, and then my middle school days in Taipei surfaced. And it was then that I realized, damn, I had quite a crazy upbringing during this time. It was quite uprooted and all over the place. Like my sense of rooting was not instilled during this time. I have been reminded of the importance of the four directions that we often take for granted. And this is a very indigenous practice. You know, the four directions of east, south, west, and north, which can be also reflected in the stages of life, right? Birth, youth, adulthood, death, the seasons of the year, spring, summer, winter, fall, the aspects of life even, spiritual, emotional, intellectual, physical, and of course the elements, 
Earth, water, fire, air, to name a few. Funny to think that the number four in Chinese culture is considered highly unlucky and taboo, but is so sacred to the indigenous people. One of the first things we did on retreat were to infuse ceremonial tobacco with our prayers and intentions before making a prayer flag. So we had to do seven flags in total, each representing each color representing a different entity. So the red cloth represents the east, which is a sort of initiation into spirit, like we're saying hello to the universe. The yellow cloth represents the south or the sun, which is alegria, you know, joy, happiness, the willingness to show up and to commit to releasing any habits and practices that don't serve our awakening. The black cloth represents the West, death and thus transformation, because there's no light without darkness. And sometimes we have to plunge headfirst into darkness so that we can emerge brighter than we did before we left it. The North was depicted in a white color cloth, which is all about integration, alignment, by really walking the talk and putting to practice all the work, all the spiritual work that has been done. And this was such an important mantra for me on this trip, to walk the talk. The final three flags were to honor Mama, Papa, and me. A green colored cloth to pray to my mom and send her all the blessings. A blue one for my father, and a purple one to honor myself. This was so important and such a highlight of this retreat was to really remember and send my thoughts and prayers to my ancestors. It's something I don't often do. I mean, I think about my parents, but beyond that, to think that I carry the essence and the DNA of peoples from hundreds of years back. It's just to realize that it's all a part of you is something that I think gets overlooked. My family aren't the tightest of units, and I realize how much of it I choose to push down and store away because I don't really want to think about it. But I realized that by ignoring this, you know, it really created some problems and it manifested in different ways in my relationships. So I did go through the fire. It was quite a painful process to think of my family, but at the same time, it was also so incredibly healing. And, you know, my love and care for them is greater than it has ever been before. So nice to, you know, reach out to all members of my family and just share my deepest love for them. So. Yeah, if you haven't talked to your mom or dad or sibling in a while, uh, just shoot them a little note because I'm sure they'd appreciate it. By coming back to spirit, we leave the mental contractions of the mind. So much energy we put into our thoughts as a result of being spiritually disconnected. And 
we can see that we're spiritually disconnected, especially in our urban culture, where we don't see nature and the chaos of nature so easily. We forget everything is about us, me, 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 and we forget that we're so much smaller in the larger scope of things. The word that comes to mind when I think of connecting to spirit is space. Space to breathe, space to see, space to understand and know what my inner truth is. When spirit is there, you kind of shed your masks, right? Your expectations in life kind of go away. You don't carry that social pressure of how you should show up and how you should be in this world. And it was... um so refreshing, so refreshing. I feel like I've come back a thousand pounds lighter than I did when I got there. I feel a little more free, more in line with my truth. I just feel so much more centered. I thought that I knew what being centered meant, but it did take a lot of emotional cleansing to come back to that truth and that baseline. So I enter into this new year, 2023, with a little more space, with a deep desire to evolve, to grow, to deepen the love for my own self, to be gentle and kind to myself. And I hope that you too find that happiness and love as we move yet into another year. And I hope that you too can sort of find that place wherever you live, you know? I mean, you don't have to travel all the way to the Andes to find nature. I mean, for those living in Singapore, we're so lucky to be a hub that is so close to many different places around the region that is so lush in its nature. But I think it's the commitment to choose to disconnect fully, really, to really sit with your thoughts, to get off social media and the expectations of others, and to really turn to nature for refuge, to really ask nature the questions that you need in your life, to really allow it to speak to you. Because I promise you, even just a few days of that, you will come back also feeling more refreshed, more at ease, and more free. Many blessings to you all, and I'm sending you so much love from Colombia. Thanks so much for listening well. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was more of a sort of diary and account of my experience, but maybe you feel a little inspired to head out somewhere into nature yourself to choose to unplug and disconnect and to sort of recharge as we all embark on this brand new year. Do follow us on Instagram. You can also access our website at listeningwellpodcast.com. Do write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Any questions, comments, feedback, or simply something that you are working on on your own wellness and healing journey, I'd love to talk to you. And if you'd like to be a guest on this show, do holler out as well. Sending you love, and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode.